0: Welcome to the Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of sea news to cover today. So yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to be talking a little bit, some of the news that's come out to keep an eye out for Sea of Thieves, uh, just as far as like Twitch drops, real quick. Uh, I also wanted to talk about the Sea of Thieves um, RPG game, the uh, the one that came out a while ago, one that it's, it's more of a role-playing than like a board game. Uh, I know recently we did get the board game this summer, but I don't have it, so I can't really talk to it. But I did get a chance to uh, play this week and I've got another session this coming week and I want to touch on just what that's like. So we'll be covering that as well as uh, some other stuff in this week's episode. So but before I get into any of this, I have to thank the patrons. They're the ones that went over to patreon.com forward slash keelhauledpodcast because they support this content for other people. They're the ones that are helping take care of the hosting fees, of the software fees, of the... Production equipment—they're the ones helping save up for a new uh, uh, computer so that I can get a, a better system to be able to do video faster to make my life a lot better. Uh, and eventually, I'm probably gonna have to get a new mixer because apparently Go XLR is canceling their their stuff. So if this ever dies, I'm gonna have to figure out what another good mixing board is. But they're the ones helping out with that, so I want to give them thanks in every episode because it really means a lot to me. So thank you too. People's Republic, El Cute, Balls, Bam Bam Bagel, Captain Chonky, Chateau Neuf, Super Pack, Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Static Mirror, DA Gaming, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Furgatron, Godhammer 6, Trickster, Jabaro 5, Jorby Jorbs, Carl Embo, Kazia the Aficionado, Nightstar, Lumpy SRQ, Evil Morpheus, Space Admiral Oars. Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Mutinous Max, Norwegian, Raja the Brave, Regis Stella the Brony Pirate, Replicated Flame, Rust Belt Kid, Skamelt666, Captain Dasm, Tommy D, Tien Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pad, Fairy Captain J Rat of the Flaming Cold Soar, The Lore Chronologist Deadeye Dre, Hager Owl, Jeff H, Ghost Boy 20, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, ruski do thor von blitz windsor chris luke lore the insipid ghost and zam wow thank you all so much for your support it always brings me a ton of joy to do this uh i really look forward to being able to get these uh these readouts for you so thank you all uh otherwise let's get into the episode First up on today's docket, let's talk about the Twitch drops. These are coming on the 18th of August to the 21st of August. It feels like forever since I've been able to tell you all about Twitch Drops before they actually come out. I'm very happy about this. Uh, given that we're about halfway through August, though, I am kind of wondering how come we haven't heard more or anything uh, regarding the second tall tale for Monkey Island. But aside from that, at least we are getting some news uh, from the the studio uh, around the time that we're going to be be able to do stuff or at least talk about stuff before it actually happens It's very nice to see this. So twitch drops are coming. Uh, these are not the um, emerald winds uh, Eastern winds set. This is a completely different set uh, I am looking forward to when we can move into a new set. Uh, I think that we've we've uh, All had a good opportunity to, to use these as a, a good twitch drop collection I'm looking forward to seeing what else comes down the line. Um, And I think this might be an indicator of that. So from the 18th, which is 10 a.m. UTC, uh, till 10 a.m. UTC on August 21st, you can now watch any CFE streamer, and you just have to watch for one hour per reward, um, and you'll be able to get these four items per hour, uh, or one per hour, I should say. So you get the Twilight Hunter Banjo, the Twilight Hunter Cutlass, the mutinous fist sales and the mutinous fist figurehead now i know what a lot of folks probably thought when they saw this if you have been playing sea of thieves this whole time if you've been watching the twitch drops and collecting them this is going to feel like not really a big deal but it is a change uh the difference being is is that these are something that anyone that streams sea of thieves can uh allow others to watch and earn um, which honestly, I think really is something that should be the standard. Uh, currently with Twitch drops, you have to be a CT's partner to be able to offer rewards or offer Twitch drops, which helps out for the Twitch streamers for that little spike uh, in, in discoverability. Um, but honestly, a lot of the trouble is is that the requirements for becoming a partner are so high and so hard to, hard to maintain during a time when there isn't a whole lot to really do as far as showcasing events having new exciting things to really kind of show the audience during a lull like this that it's it makes sense to open this up to everyone so that if anyone's playing sea thieves their viewers have an opportunity to get this um the mutinous fist stuff uh this is the the stuff that was tied to oh i'm blanking on the game but it was actually a game i think um I want to say Ninja Theory made it. I can't remember what it was. It was like an arena game um, that I think Ninja Theory picked up and uh, decided to put out. But I'm trying to remember if that was the game that they did or not. I'm taking a look right now because I'm very I'm curious to see. I can't remember what the heck that game was called. Yeah, no, I think a better way to go about this would be to look up the uh, the actual set itself to see what it was based off of. Yeah, it was Ninja Theory. It was Bleeding Edge. That's what it was. Yeah, so Ble- Ninja Theory picked up the game. They, they, uh, they finished up the development or did the development for it, and it was a Bleeding Edge game. I don't even know if that game is actually still active. Uh, I'm sure it probably is, but I don't hear anyone ever talking about it. Um, But the mutinous fist set is a really nice one has um, the the main, one of the main actual characters from the game as the figurehead, which I actually really like. I think it's a really cool kind of samurai thing, but it's all, kind of spray paint and uh, futuristic arena fighter. Um, but this set is is something that I think it's, it's a lot harder. It's kind of like the Ori set where it's a little bit harder to actually acquire. And uh, I've only ever seen these kind of really come through with promotions. So good opportunity if you've never seen this uh, to kind of get there and get it. Obviously, this is a partial. Set, But it does have the sales and the figurehead, which I think are like obviously the bigger things to get. Um, if you consider like the Emporium as a standard, uh, the collector's Emporium content is always for the figurehead and the sales. This being a promotional item, um makes sense that they would want to put these out first. I always wonder if we'll ever get the uh, Ori set to come back out for another another round or if we'll get the uh, Master Chief set coming out for another round. Or even the Omen set. The Omen set is a Gears-focused one that we got Uh, that I was really surprised that we didn't have. Um, I think there was a, there was a, I think it was a borderlands set that we got as well too. It was like a, a around summertime. Um, and it was literally like the, the same pre or the same kind of event that was going on at the same time or around the same time that was like the summer games. And, uh, (laughs) so he just had to, he just had to do those things to be able to get those sets. I like these sets. Um. It's hard to argue free. It really is. Uh, but if you look at the comments in the the Twitter post for these, uh, you will notice that a lot of people uh, will most definitely argue that free is not good enough. Um, and it's, it's a, a shame because I think it really kind of comes down to a sense of entitlement. If I'm being honest, no one's really like happy to not have something new, but you can't You you like sure you can complain about not about free stuff that you don't need, but at that point like just don't worry about it. There's going to be people that don't have it that will want to pick it up, and it's all promotional stuff anyway. So let them have it. Don't complain that there isn't a new cosmetic set coming out. You're or, you know, uh, uh, give a, a backhanded compliment to the devs because it's not what you wanted. You know, it's, it's a shame that folks can't just appreciate the fact that these are not the Eastern Wind things um, that we've seen for a long time now. And, and, and realistically, that's because there's a lot of equipment and a lot of weapons and a lot of cosmetics associated with each set. Uh, that's how Rare des- developed it. So having a year's worth of content being dedicated to one set of stuff, that's kind of natural. That's kind of how how that works for Twitch drops. Um, but again, they're putting stuff out. They're giving us uh, dates ahead of time. Uh, I definitely wish we had had that for the Golden Glory weekend. Um, I would love to have just a straight up calendar for this again. Just a, a, a huge calendar laying out like, hey, here's when all the events are coming because the events realistically like that's easy that's just a a toggle you know golden glory is a toggle uh as far as i understand it like it's just one of those things like they can do the in-game events on and off at different times they plan for it ahead of time so the dates should be locked in it's not like trying to complete a a tall tale to kind of like make sure that it hits a certain date or like a season that has to kick up at a certain time with certain features um I did want to uh, read something that actually came from oh god it came from Reddit but I I, I won't say who gave me it uh, because I don't know if they want me to disclose like who po- who gave me the post of it uh, but if they're listening they'll they'll know but. Uh, it was very interesting to kind of think about the the way like our, our drops are being done as well as like in-game events like Golden Glory compared to like seasons. And it was uh, an anonymous person on Reddit who's very famous. If you don't know Anonymous, they've been around the Internet since God, ever. I think Anonymous has been there forever. But uh, they posted about a Halo Infinite thing. And it was interesting to kind of think about like, you know, where Halo Infinite is in comparison to Sea of Thieves right now, just as far as like the state of the game, because when it launched, it had a great campaign. It had a solid multiplayer, but uh, they were riddled with um, certain issues with like uh, hit registration, latency, things like that. That all kind of cropped up after launch and uh, they didn't have content for a very long time. They had a really hard time finding that cadence that that they needed to do. Um, And since, you know, since they've kind of had last year's winter event, uh, they've been able to really kind of lock down their cadence. Um, The content that they're putting out isn't new. Uh, It's new maps, um, it's new arenas, uh, new guns, new modes, things like that, and uh, new cosmetics that are available in their store. So I wanted to read kind of through this anonymous post um, just to kind of lay out what I actually kind of agree with Uh, So they go on to say, you may not like it, but this is what Peak Live Service looks like. Uh, Maps are free and now released as they are ready with no ties to season. All events are free without any sort of paid tier or buy-in. Battle Passes pay out the following passes cost and are permanently available, meaning it's a $10 buy-in for all of the game's Battle Pass content, as long as you complete it. All store content is permanently available, meaning the only FOMO in the game is the participa- participation in the events. Say what you want about weak customization, and this is in reference to uh, Halo's cores. Um, each suit is designed after a certain type of armor core, and those cores uh, have lockouts to the type of armor that you can put on them, so you can't mix and match the way you could with. Uh, Master Chief Collection. Uh, So say what you want about the weak customization. This is the gold standard for live service. Also, it's the best multiplayer sandbox in the franchise. Don't even come claiming otherwise. So with regard to Halo Infinite, they have found their stride. Uh, They had a a hard time coming out of the gate. Two years later, um, they've done a fantastic job of addressing the concerns of the player base. This is something that I think rare uh does well for most things like all the content that comes to sea of thieves is free doesn't matter all you have to do is buy the game um or, or subscribe to game pass ultimate or game pass in some some manner uh so all of the events are free there's no sort of sort of buy-in or or paid tier that you have to get in to get that content it's something destiny is a real real nasty thing for right now uh the battle passes come out in our case, it's the Seasons. Uh, the Plunder Pass comes out. The Plunder Pass offers the most cosmetics for free than any other Battle Pass I've ever seen. And the paid tier is worth the cost of the Battle Pass. Plus, you actually get the uh, the value of the Battle Pass back, if I recall. So the Battle Passes essentially are a one-time buy-in as long as you save the Ancient Coin for the next Battle Pass. Um, additionally, you can still kind of find those ancient skellies from time to time and they'll they'll give you like a couple bucks worth of of ancient coins to kind of you know like help save up if you want to do something not much but it's better than nothing and then all the all the store content is permanently available meaning the only FOMO in the game is in is for the participation in events and uh that is accurate for Sea Thieves as well too as long as you participate in the content uh when there is an event that comes up you will not miss out on that, that content. You will not miss out on the cosmetics from that content, and all of the stuff in the, the emporium stays there. It doesn't cycle through. I think the only things that leave uh, are realistically the free emotes. And again, that's a free emote. You don't even have to pay for it. You just have to remember to log in to claim it. And seeing stuff like that, it's really it really kind of tries. To, I try to keep myself level headed about you know what's going on with Thieves right now especially given the state of other games um halo in this instance has so much negativity towards its games as a service franchise because realistically people got burned they paid money and got a six month season sea thieves is coming on a nine month season and it's it's tough you know Mm -hmm. game development is hard but I have a lot of trust that if, if they were to decouple content from the season, they would have to come up with a way to market the season. The themes would have to be the thing that drives the season for the the plunder pass. And that way they wouldn't be beholden to headliner content that is currently keeping seasons from coming out on a regular basis. Um, Destiny 2 does a really good job of coupling story with seasons and that's tough that's a that's a really tough thing for that studio to do and they're getting a lot of flack now because the amount of content that they're bringing as far as like cosmetics come uh are not very good for free to play players um and sea of thieves is not a free to play game it's a a paid game but most of its content most of its cosmetics are all available for free it's just in-game currency that you have to work out on your own not much of it is stuff that you really have to buy so it was very interesting to kind of sit down and think about like the state of the game since we have the time right now um, and just kind of think about the fact that yeah you know we're getting twitch drops from the 18th to the 21st and those twitch drops I probably won't have to participate in because I've already earned them in the past which means that I don't have to necessarily like log in or, or do anything but if I wanted to, I could actually boot up stream. I could stream Sea of Thieves for a while, which I haven't done in a while, and uh, have fun kind of talking with folks, playing the game a little bit, and being able to actually offer Twitch drops for folks that want to, you know, hang out with me during that time. Same thing with other folks. Like if Chenzo, for example, streams, uh, you know, in the evenings. If, uh, if it's, it's over the weekend, that's something people could go watch. You know, Norwegian, you could go watch chenzo stream and get your twitch drops that way so really kind of nice that we're getting this uh again i think i said it last week but i'm really hoping that we get an extension or an expansion or a revival of the creator crew program that is in sea of thieves really kind of flesh that out a little bit more uh broaden the walls you know like really kind of get some get some meat into that system to help kind of bring up a lot of streamers who don't have the numbers To be able to draw attention to their stream and give them an opportunity to build an audience for the sake of the creator crew program uh, to work up to, you know, like an affiliate status that is below partner in this case, because maybe they don't get all of the ancient coins, maybe they don't get the, uh, the, the cosmetics. Right away from the Emporium, the way the partners do, you know, the partners kind of get paid in that sense by playing the game, but getting access to all of that stuff without having to invest their own money into it. Uh, An affiliate program would be a fantastic way for streamers who like playing Sea of Thieves to be able to offer Twitch drops alongside other partners once they've hit a certain amount of uh, requirements within the creator crew reputation you know really kind of build that out take some time to think about you know what are the requirements that you want what are the things that people that people will need to do to be able to hit that affiliate status and then give them an award you know give them a give them a title in in game so that they could say like hey twitch streamer or hey youtube streamer or hey streamer you know, give them something that, like, if someone sees that title, they'll be like, oh, that person's a streamer. And they'll be able to uh, to get Twitch drops from it. And they can choose to wear it or not, you know, especially if they get harassment. They obviously don't want to have that on there. Uh, but it just thoughts as far as, like, actually building that stuff out. So good to see that. Um, outside of that, there really has not been a whole lot of stuff going on with Sea Thieves. It's been pretty mum. Uh, we did get some reward or uh, some... Um, it's it called see a thief shot uh awarded the the winners that's i don't know why winners was the word that w- that was killing me on this one uh but the theme was puzzle and I brought the, I wanted to bring this up because I thought it was really kind of cool. Some folks really went out there and uh, decided to, to think outside the box. So one of them, uh, they got a few people together or maybe themselves, uh, but they did like a, an actual little hedge maze using the, uh, the top-down view with uh, the different um, uh, uh, merch from, or mercenary, no, alliance, no, merchant's alliance uh, cargo. That was like the little little fauna. So another one was uh, somebody used um, Merchant Alliance boxes to come up with what looks like a game of Tetris, using uh, them to kind of drop them in different shapes, you know, like squares and a uh, little tetrahedron thing or tetra tetrahedrons. I don't know. I should go back and rewatch that uh, that Tetris movie because that was actually pretty good. Um, so just kind of cool to see like some some really out of the box ideas coming from this so last week uh we were running out of stories to talk about and i put out the call that i wanted to get some questions in for the podcast and for the podcast you did bring questions so i wanted to go through the discord Uh, i really appreciated everyone that went in and put in uh, some information especially based off of uh some of the the conversations that we had uh, last week about some some stuff that I forgot about from the earlier in this or last month, I guess it was already. Um, so this one comes in from Norwegian says podcast question. What is the quintessential experience in games that you would recommend for players? What is that you or what is that you would recommend that they try and experience that would get the Sea of Thieves hooks in? Is it running a fort of the damned trying to navigate your ship around rocks that you swear weren't there 30 seconds before the tall tales? puking on your ship's captain as they steer and blinding them? Uh, not sorry, Chenzo. I always recommend the Tall Tales to get a basic understanding of the game mechanics and then find a, a crew to adventure with. Just go out and explore. Go out to the islands and enjoy the game at your pace. Uh, a great question for new players. So if you're listening to this, you you jumped in to see these, you're maybe not sure what's going on, but you saw the Twitch drops on uh, somewhere or someone... Uh, mentioned see of these or you're just getting turned on to the podcast and you're new to the game i would really recommend going out and just playing around with uh some of the gold hoarder quests um those were the introduction that i had it was uh really nice to kind of have like a standard riddle quest or a, a x marks the spot uh to kind of give you an idea like get to an island do something simple and have a chance to kind of experience it outside of that um, I think that there is uh, enough to say about the first tall tale for a pirate's life that will make sure that if you've never played the game, um, but you're competent with gaming in general, like moving around in 3d space, then you should be able to complete that without uh, uh, too much hassle. There is some, some mental gymnastics that you have to do as far as working out puzzles and things like that. But if that's kind of where you lean, then I would say, yeah, go with the first pirate's life tall tale. Um, the first First, Maiden's Voyage is really kind of a good way to to be introduced to the game. Uh, If you see a regular skeleton cloud in the sky that doesn't have any kind of glow to it, there's just no no weird glowing around it, I would recommend go doing one of those skeleton forts. I think the skeleton fort, the first one uh, that came into the game, is genuinely a great way to experience what most of sea of thieves is um you should get some riddle ma- or some dig maps out of that you should get some loot uh that'll be turned into different people uh you'll get a chance to to meet like a skeleton lord which will then kind of equip you with all of the ashen lords or uh the gold hoarder eventually you know give you an idea of like what Briggsy's like uh, to fight against and um an understanding of, of what their mechanics are uh it, it might also bring in some other people too some other people might come over and you get a chance to fight over a fort which is really fantastic outside of that if you're just looking to get a, an understanding of like combat um i would go look for anything that is a fortress uh if it's a little fortress a little you know cube fortress out on the sea Sail over to that. Take care of some uh, ghosts. You'll get a small bit of treasure out of it, and uh, get a really good handle on what combat feels like in Sea of Thieves. You know, go play around with the different weapons. You've got three different guns. Each one of them has their uh, their bonuses and their or their pros and their cons. Uh, so definitely get to play around with those and and have a good time. Kind of getting a, a little bit of loot and uh, a really nice experience. Um, Outside of that, those are kind of the the main three things that I would recommend: gold hoarders, a skull fort, and a fortress. Um, if you're really looking to PvP, uh, I would probably go for some of the other events that you see people at and uh just kind of sail around, you know, just kind of hover around and buzz them. Um, that'll that'll give you an idea because it'll be pretty active. Uh you'll probably get, you know combat for ship combat from the event itself and uh, there's a good chance that you'll probably have a chance to experience how to do naval combat but dealing with uh, an event amidst it that's it's going to be a lot but if you're going in for the fight that will probably give you the best opportunity to get accustomed to naval battle uh, outside of that, I think um, um, ghost fleets and uh, ship uh, ship fleets are probably the uh, the best way to go, which is going to be the green tornado in the sky or the uh, ship cloud that's right next to the giant spire in the middle. But the quintessential experience, um, I I have to say the the first the first tale probably does the most kind of lured up version of a of a gold hoarder quest. Uh, which is going to be kind of the best way but it does require some puzzles that you may not be comfortable with which can sometimes if you're not sure like what to do that can kind of hamper the experience so that's why i usually recommend going with like a gold hoarder quest and kind of playing with those um just go to an island uh walk around the island get get a uh, breathe it in you know it's like a, a nice little mini vacation you'll probably get attacked by something at some point And, uh, you know, keep an eye on the horizon. If you got some loot going, just kind of keep your head on a swivel. I'd recommend checking every minute or so uh, just to make sure that there aren't any ships in the area. If there are ships in the area, be very cautious about that. But the quintessential experience to me will always kind of be just going out and doing some gold hoarder stuff. Um, That is the most piratey pirate thing you can do. That doesn't require you to have an understanding of puzzles or lore or uh, external um, c- like connections to Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, stuff like that. Um, but thank you for the uh, the question, Norwegian. I appreciate it. One of the other topics that came up this week regarded Hourglass and whether or not we should be able to buy levels. Um, this came in, I believe, from Personal Coffee, uh, who's in our Discord, and it was kind of interesting to think about, like how there is a uh, a, a prior system that was for Arena where you could buy levels uh seemingly unlimited at first and then if you had the balloons uh which were more of a limited currency back in the day and now uh, or, or what what eventually changed is just once a month um you still had to play to be able to get levels but you could buy one uh ledger um or no letter of recommendation a month to be able to uh get One level, one full level, didn't matter. And I'll be honest, uh, while the discussion was really fantastic to have in the Discord, uh, I think I came away with the opinion that if they were to do something like this for Hourglass, I don't know that I would be interested in that. Um, I think if they did that, there would be similar problem that happened with uh, arena which wasn't necessarily arena's fault but what ended up happening is people would buy their levels and if you didn't have to actually participate in the mode then you could buy your levels and not have to touch pvp Uh, and the suggestion was is you could buy uh, faction levels in the two different factions for hourglass and i think the problem that runs into that is something that is more of a long-term issue where Currently, players that are playing Hourglass are either doing so and enjoying it and getting into their uh, higher levels and getting all their achievements and stuff like that done. Uh, and those that aren't, that are kind of begrudgingly moving their way through the levels during Golden Glory Weekends or just with other crews and stuff. Uh, and the reason for it is because they want to get access to the different areas. Um And what happens with that is you have people that are of multiple skill levels, different areas that they uh, excel in, and and some are stronger in PvP and some aren't. Uh, And if you have the ones that aren't still losing and moving their way down the matchmaking system, which honestly does really work really well, then it keeps the player pool healthy. Uh, If you don't have to actually participate in it, if you can buy your levels, then what happens is people will disengage with actually queuing for Hourglass until uh, they've uh, bought enough levels over time to remove themselves from the hourglass. Uh, there's a, a breadth of levels that are currently available between 200 and 1,000 that we don't have any contact or content for uh, that could very easily be added in the future, um, which I hope they do. And nothing actually ends at 1,000. You're actually pretty much good to go from 1,000 on. You're not going to get anything for it, but... Uh, it will continue to to push past that one thousand mark for those gold curses. Um, I I really like thinking about ways to better engage with arena. Uh, I think I think if folks had a way to get out of it, what would happen is you'd you'd really see that mode die, similar to the way that arena died. You know, once people got their sea dog stuff, uh, it, at least like what they wanted, um, then. they kind of remove themselves from the system now not to say that the system didn't have flaws already arena had trouble with matchmaking it had trouble getting enough ships together so people would be stuck in a lobby where you couldn't really do anything you couldn't really progress so hourglass is a much better system because at least you can uh defend and go do whatever you want and then pvp will come to you so you're not necessarily missing out on on activities that are going to earn you something whether it be uh, faction reputation or gold things like that uh, by defending in hourglass whereas at least with arena you were stuck you couldn't really do anything and that that really harmed that mode a lot but I do think that the levels impacted as well. If you could just kind of buy your way out of them, um, so it was a really interesting discussion. I'd love to hear uh, in the comments on YouTube or, or um, on Twitter what folks think of this. If that's a, if that's something that you guys all believe should be added to the game, uh, if if it would be a benefit, or do you think that my concerns of the of the player pool, both on the low end and in uh, uh, the high end. Um, would would become unbalanced and there'd be fewer people at the lower end engaging because they don't need to if they can purchase it through another means Alright, next up on today's docket, let's talk about the uh, Sea of Thieves RPG. This is uh, something that came out a while ago. I think a lot of people bought this actually for uh, the cosmetic, the DLC code that you got with it. Uh, but I got a chance to talk to Caleb. As many of you know, uh, he does Trailblazers over there. And they do table, uh, top, well, not table, I guess tabletop RPG. I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know the difference. Uh, but they do um, RPGs over there. They do story-based stuff. And Caleb... Being the dungeon master that he is, or the GM that he is, um, wanted to do the Sea of Thieves one. So I have it. I have a digital copy as well as a physical copy. And uh, we decided that we would get together a couple other folks. So Zamwow and Iktomi are a couple other pirates in the community. Zamwow, I'm sure many of you hear his name in the beginning of the episode um and we decided to sit down and do these Cthulhu these role-playing games um it doesn't really matter if you have a character or not you know you don't really like get to choose a character or do any kind of stats or anything like that um it's all based on a very interesting system and the system is kind of like a like a pass or fail and uh you get dice you the dice uh turn to be a victory or not victory but overall it's it's kind of set up so that you're presented with situations you roll the dice and depending on how you roll uh you either win or lose on that particular thing um and we had a really good time we had a really fun time kind of working through it without really having like much background on it um and we made it through the first kind of chapters it was very interesting to kind of get started off because it kind of takes you onto a ship uh without really like giving you any knowledge whatsoever But you're on a ship and you're getting chased by other ships and your captain is kind of a a, a, not very good. He's a he's a pretty bad guy Um, and you're left sailing through the devil shroud without anyone really like helping you at all. (laughs) The ship is getting torn apart and your captain is is not very uh, captain-y and you end up waking up in the in a tavern over on Sanctuary. And your first, your first goal is to meet up with uh, the Tavern Keep and then subsequently Duke before he's turned, and uh, they kind of set you off to go do some some quests. And the quests take place because you don't have a ship; <laughs> your ship is gone. Sorry, spoilers. Uh, but you end up going and doing voyages, or voyages. It's it's a competition that you kind of have to do uh, to win a ship. And the ship is not very good, but essentially you work, you do a mission for the gold hoarders. You do a mission for the Merchant Alliance you do a mission for the um, Order of Souls. And this all takes place on Sanctuary. And along with it, I got to say... The the characters that they brought, they've got like the actual uh, the actual characters from Sanctuary Outpost is kind of the ones that you interact with and stuff. And you can choose to have like, you know, spats or whatnot, but it's all up to the GM to kind of let you know, like how it's going to play out. But I got to tell you about Modest Molly and Nardo. <laughs> this is the 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 most interesting pair. Modest Molly is wearing like a full length dress with a parasol and long, full-length gloves. And she is with, uh, she's a very tall, thin lady um, with uh, mousy brown hair that's long below her, her shoulder. And with her Nardo, which is a weird name, uh, is this short, kind of plump uh, pirate with a huge handlebar mustache and a uh, an eye patch over his right eye, right eye with no hair and some tattoos on his body. He has a peg leg uh, on his left leg and um, kind of walks around with no shoes. And the joke that ha- that came around with the table talk while we were kind of doing this is it feels like if and this is going to be a dated reference, but I'm sure that most of the people that, that are listening to this are probably around my age. But if you ever watched Rocky and Bullwinkle, there were two characters in there called Boris and Natasha who were Russian and, for, and honestly, I can't even tell you why they were after Rocky and Bullwinkle. But they were. That was always the ploy. It was kind of the uh, Jesse and James to Ash, Misty, and Brock, if you're familiar with Pokemon. Uh, it's just, it's clear that they were in the running for this competition and we're trying to win this, this ship as well. And they're always like, a, like one step behind. And at some point, um, there was, there was actually a, a bit of a, a fun thing that happens as always with all RPGs. If you've ever done an RPG on, uh, with folks, you, you know, whatever the GM has planned or whatever the book has planned, which the book itself is actually pretty straightforward. It's pretty linear as far as like getting you familiar with the game. Uh, it's, it's always fun to see where things happen because what was intended to be a fight in the book ended up being a, a bargaining chip and ended up uh, being a um, kind of like working with them but giving them bad information as to how to figure out stuff. And overall, it was just it was just so much fun. And it, and it really kind of reminds me of what we enjoy about Sea of Thieves, because I, I think like after five years of playing the game, you tend to get to the point where you're like, OK, well, we're going to log on. We know we're going to work on we're going to work on these. We're going to work on that. And there's not really a whole lot beyond, I would say, the tall tales or or the adventures that builds up any kind of uh. Like I'm trying to think of like like your own kind of ability to make up your own story. Like everything that you do, for all intents and purposes, is is solely based off of just like what's going on with your world. Like you don't really get to. You can make up your character, and I think a lot of folks do. Um, and I think a lot of folks kind of role play their characters loosely, uh, but you don't really get to have a time to really focus on that in Sea of Thieves. That is so custom and so. So um malleable that the RPG really allowed us to be. Uh and I and I really liked that. I thought I had a really good time with that. So I'm looking forward to this week's session. It'll be uh um actually tomorrow, technically, uh as of the, the recording of this. Um, but if you guys have a chance and, and you ever have any questions or anything, there are some things that were definitely some misprints in the RPG. Um, for example, like the uh, the cards that are used to represent the weapons. You've got the obvious four, sword, pistol, blunderbuss, and eye of reach. And each one of them is kind of developed to have a distance uh, so that, you know, it's like an effective range. You know, how far away from uh, a skeleton are you? And if you're a, a mid-range and you're using a, a pistol that's your, pistol of, or your weapon of choice with something else, then you get a bonus damage roll, which is everything when it comes to having dice that have uh like uh, losses or victories you know there's not really there's not really like a, a damage meter that you deal to them it's whether or not you actually damage them or you don't um and if you fail then it's actually it's actually kind of a rough situation because either the the gm gets to decide to add like another problem to the situation or you have to take damage and if you take damage then you will be inhibited somehow um and that's kind of up to the gm as well too uh so it's, it's very interesting to see how this all plays out so with the cards it was funny because as we were playing we noticed this misprint where the sword had the same range as the the blunderbuss which was considered close now of course you have to be close to the enemy to be able to hit it with a sword but there's actually a a more or a closer range than just close and that's actually hand uh And in the book, it actually explains that swords or there is a hand distance and then there's close, mid and long. And none of the weapons on the actual book uh, or or any of the cards on the swords actually have the word hand. So unless you actually know like, okay, well, it's melee, so it's going to be the sword because the sword is obviously the one that won't do any damage from the range that you really had to kind of think outside the box. So I... I'm very interested to see how the rest of this chapter works. Um, I think I have one of the expansions purchased for it as well too. That's digital. That I'll probably be um I'll probably be, be using that as, as facilitating any future ones. But so far, I'm I'm pretty happy with the way that the RPG is going because the fun thing about it is you you get to pretty much make up your own stories. You don't you don't really have to. You, there's obviously like. Like we're currently settled with a pretty big debt and uh, we're having to go and have to work that off. But you don't have to do that. And I actually want to call uh, call out um, Freddie Prince Jr. because uh, Mr. Mr. Prince decided to do his own version of the RPG and he brought over some friends and they had a table and they had some ships and they had an island kind of set up and he was uh GMing um his friends to kind of role play like how they were going to play through it and stuff and they went completely off the book and the system in this is designed to allow you to do that it's uh set up so that it's simplistic enough that you can pick up and understand the basics but there's enough depth that will allow you to build out situations and encounters that may not be written in the book, or at least in, in what we've discovered so far. So I'll be very curious, uh, especially given the next one, um, how ship combat is going to work. There are different positions and stuff like that based on the number of players on the, uh, the crew. So you can do this with three people, I would say, would be the, the, the optimum uh, to start with four would be good because then you could have a brig crew five probably being the max. Uh, but obviously the more people that you have doing stuff, uh, the easier the game is actually going to be, which is, is something that I know that a lot of folks playing sea thieves regularly will say that a galleon is generally the easiest to kind of work with. And, uh, that kind of takes me to the next topic that I wanted to touch on, which was hourglass. Again, um, I did some hourglass this weekend and uh, it was kind of kind of interesting because I jumped in, or maybe it wasn't the weekend. Maybe it was Friday night. I can't remember. Time is a flat circle, but uh, we got into a galleon, and I was with Chenzo and People's Republic and uh, Godhammer Six from the Discord. They they brought me onto a galleon. We sailed around, and I got an opportunity to uh, do some some dives and work with them as a very regimented crew. And for anyone that has played with a solid crew on a regular basis, where everyone is working to kind of be on top of their game, uh, it's a much different beast than Solo Hourglass, uh, where everything is on you. Duo is probably the closest, I would say, to my experience to this, because... It's a lot easier to manage two people with a with one sail and stuff. But due to the nature of just how how easy it is to kind of keep sloops running, um, it was very interesting to actually see what it was like going into Galleon. Very much reminded me of, of Arena. And I had a really good time. Uh, I think we ended up doing four matches, which broke the, th- the three streak that I typically surround myself with. And we had a pretty good time. It was... Um, pretty evenly matched for for most of them. Uh, I think there was one good boy sales crew that had like parked out in the middle of nowhere and they had um, they had turned to uh, they turned to have like a full broadside on us. And I kid you not, <laughs> this crew was lobbing cannonballs from half a square away and were nailing every single shot. Well, not every single shot. They were nailing a lot of their shots and it was really tough. So Kudos to them. But um, it was nice to get a chance to jump into Hourglass and not really have my anxiety flare up. Um, I think a uh, testament to, to Godhammer6 here, who genuinely is really good at keeping everyone calm and not not putting too much pressure on people to uh, worry about whether or not wins or losses matter. And it was really nice to have that so i wanted to shout out him and i wanted to shout out the crew that i sailed with because it was really nice to do hourglass and not just absolutely hate it uh and i think that's where you have to try and figure out maybe solo slooping not the best way to do arena maybe duo slooping is not the best because it's too much pressure brig or galleon try and find a crew that are actually working on that kind of level and see if you can find people that are willing to be okay with like assigned roles and listen responsibly and act on on necess- on necessary actions when they're important because there's definitely like a moment of you know some people you know we've all been sailing long enough to feel like we know what the priority is and if you aren't communicating well enough Then you tend to lose that, and that's definitely not as much as I talk on podcasts. Communication is not really a strong suit for me because I don't genuinely, I don't generally communicate that well. So it was fantastic to not have to have the the shoulder of not have to shoulder the responsibility of the whole crew, and just get to do what I do when I feel like I am just kind of helping contribute with a crew. And that was really nice. Um even if it meant me being down building most of the time. And that was I was totally fine with it. So all in all, um as we are waiting for PvE content, I am still trying to dabble with PvP. Uh I think I managed to get up into the 30s for reapers and uh just kind of still working on that. I think I'm I'm about a third, no third of the way there yeah it would be a third of the way to the curse and getting access it's a long road but uh definitely definitely something that i appreciate having other folks push to help kind of help me get through that so that was uh that was pretty much my weekend so hope you guys are all having a good weekend hope you guys are all having a good time hopefully the golden glory weekend was great for you um and and you had an opportunity to really capitalize on it Make sure to check out the Twitch drops this coming weekend. Make sure that if you don't have the muteness or the Twilight Hunter stuff that you are logging in and into Twitch and you're watching any streamer to make sure you're getting those. Remember, it's one per hour. Make sure you claim it before you start up the next hour. Other than that, I think I had a really good steal with uh, Caleb, uh, who put out a call that they, uh, that they had gotten pretty much everything out of a Ford of fortune where two Briggs had been fighting over the chest of fortune. And he went in, scooped up everything and he called, uh, he, he invited me to the game. I was like working on the podcast earlier and um he he put out the call so i joined his crew and uh saw that he was literally just kind of trying to get everything out of the vault onto the ramp so they could get harpooned and we got everything i think for except two emeralds emerald or uh two emerald gems but right as we got like the last thing turned in and got back to the boat, because we were Reaper, but we, we uh, turned down the Reaper at Sovereign's at Galleon's Grave because we were just, just loading up south of there. Uh, the Brig had been making their way back to us with the Chest of Fortune, and they, they just barely got to us uh, and, and just tried to get the board on us after we had uh sales sold everything lowered the flag and then as they were still trying to chase us thinking that we probably still had some loot um we decided to portal and use one of the tall tale checkpoints and just completely denied them any satisfaction of getting us after we had completely stole all of the treasure except for two gems out of that fort of fortune so that was really fun he's been doing that most of the weekend so i've been seeing him like Hitting people up if they need to, to get like some loot turn ins and things like that. But other than that, I've been having a good time with folks. Uh, I hope you all are as well. And uh, yeah, that'll pretty much do it. So Pirates, uh, if you enjoyed this content, definitely feel free to, to chime in with your thoughts and feelings of it. I definitely appreciate that um, in any of the social spaces that I see it. If you want to get a hold of me personally, there's uh, plenty of ways to do that. You can head over to uh, Twitter or uh, X as it is uh, at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can always see me over on threads at the same handle. Um, You can always email the podcast at C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com or just join into the uh, Keelhauled podcast. Um, we've got different channels for different games. We've got different discussions for Sea of Thieves, uh, plenty of things going on as well as the Sherpa program, which, um, they are looking to try and help folks out with. So, uh, I know some folks were talking about it this weekend and I did not get to really pay much attention to it just with how busy I was. Uh, but it was definitely some activity going on there regarding hourglass and stuff. So very interested to see, um what people decide to do in there and what kind of help they are needing but pirates that's going to do it for this episode so thank you i love you and i look forward to sailing with you on the sea of thieves